0: Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Please pray with me. Holy God, guide us through your word and our wandering in the wilderness. Bring us to trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Have you ever ran away from home? Or rather, threatened to run away? Now this is a question on pondering that I realized that it's my generation or older that really experienced this. Teenagers today don't threaten it as much, okay? So parents are lucky. <laughs> but I remember when I was in kindergarten or first grade around that time, I was upset with my parents about something, and I threatened to run away. And I took that threat so far that I packed up a bag that was mostly of toys, my favorite stuffed animals, because I was going to miss those. Maybe, maybe a clean shirt. I don't know. A toothbrush, but probably not toothpaste. And then Mr. (laughs) Freezies. Right? Like those stick of like kind of Kool-Aid frozen things, right? It was summer, so I needed a way to cool off during that long journey. So who knows how long it would take. So I needed those freezies, right, to, to give me that quenching of thirst. And I remember telling my mom to have a good life as I picked up my back. <laughs> I picked up my bag and I walked out that front door and she hollered back, have a nice summer, Sarah. The nerve of some people. Right? And so then during my journey since leaving my house, I thought, how can my parents just let me leave? Especially my mom, right? I was her baby. Doesn't she love me? She should have begged me to stay, right? And as I was walking all the way to our mailbox, which was about a half a block away, I realized in this hot, Summer that these Mr. Freezies were not going to last me very long, <laughs> and would melt before I would ever need them to really cool off. Right, I've only been a half a block. So it was in that moment that I realized that I didn't have a very well thought out plan for myself. And so I reluctantly turned back around and I walked in that front door as if I didn't do anything, didn't look my parents in the eye. My mom said, "Back so soon?" the nerve. And then I went to the drawer in our kitchen that housed our scissors, and I cut off the top of one of my Mr. Freezies, and I enjoyed that summer treat like I did nothing wrong. (laughs) And I couldn't tell you why I was upset and walked half a block away from home. But I do know that when we are upset and we throw a fit, it doesn't get us anywhere. But it also showed me that I had parents who were waiting for me to get back. They knew I was not gonna go very far, right? All I had was Mr. Freezie's and a few stuffed animals. And instead of getting mad at me when I walked in the front door, my mom helped me unpack my bag after I finished my Mr. Freezy. So in this chapter in Matthew, before the calming of the storm, Jesus had been healing people right and left and revealing who he is to everyone around him. And then the story that follows the storm is the one where these demons are cast out and they even recognize Jesus as the son of God. And yet in the boat these disciples are still so afraid that they keep themselves from fully trusting who Jesus is. Because God has not changed. In the Jonah story, we're taken through this death and resurrection story, and that's who God is over and over again. And Michael Chan, who helped create this Lenten series, says the God that we know in the Old Testament through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and that we're getting to know in the New Testament through Jesus has always been a God of death and resurrection, always been a God that takes people on journeys down into the depths and up to the heights. This is just who God is. None of that is new in Jesus. This is God who creates the conditions in which creational life can flourish. So why are they afraid? well, what, what are you afraid of? I ask this not to mimic Jesus' question to the disciples on the boat, but because I have a feeling that we're not always aware of just how significant the role of fear plays in our lives. Yes, fear can be manifested in our decisions and actions and even our conversations. Perhaps fear is the root of your financial planning and where you choose to spend your money. Maybe it's manifested in the discernment process of your future, career, or personal lives. Maybe there's fear of the unknown, fear of truly trusting something. How about the fear of losing one's own identity? Or maybe it's a heated discussion between a teenager and parent about how late to be out with the car and what's behind the conversation, again, is fear. The teenager's fear of missing out, of being left behind by some friends who will definitely be out late and maybe having more fun. And a parent's fear about all the things that could harm their child. Indeed, there's fear that lurks under the surface of many or most difficult moments in our lives. And it's fear that keeps us from going towards the things we need the most, running away from them. But does this fear make us have little faith? That is the part of this text that has always struck me. The first thing Jesus says to them is, why are you afraid, you of little faith? Now he may have woken up a little grumpy, I would have from his slumber, but I don't think that's the case with Jesus. It seems like Jesus is equating our fear with having this lack of faith. And I have to be honest, I have a hard time with that because I have believed that faith doesn't banish or eliminate our fear, but faith helps us get through those things that we are afraid of the most in this world. However, there seems to be this fine line between fear and faith because if we equate faith with trust and not as simply just belief, but the kind of trust that motivates us to action because when I'm afraid, I have an incredibly hard time trusting or even acting because fear paralyzes, making trusting and the action that trust makes possible very difficult. So what if the problem isn't necessarily the disciples are understandably afraid of this windstorm that pops up out of nowhere, but rather the problem is that they, are allowed, they have allowed their fear to control their reactions during the storm. Because if they put their trust and faith in Jesus, and remember God has not changed, They would not be pleading for Jesus to save them and dramatically stating that they are perishing but instead trusting that Jesus will be steadfast in his love and presence so much so that they will get through it because God is a God who creates the conditions in which creational life can flourish. The response to the storm is not a trusting or faithful one. It's a fear-induced panic. And in the midst of their panic filled reaction, Jesus wakes up, rebukes the wind and sea, and he makes it calm. And Jesus still cares for them. He looks out for them, and he doesn't get mad at them, even amidst their fearful nature. He meets them where they are, just like my mother did, helping them unpack their bags of anxiety and fear, showing them exactly who Jesus was, is, and will continue to be for them, because Jesus has not changed. God has not changed. God is with us, journeying with us, in the depths bringing about this new life. And surely you do not have to have this perfect faith for God to respond. Even when we're paralyzed, untrusting, assuming the worst about God, we still receive mercy and grace from God. It's times like this where Jesus demonstrates in a huge, unforgettable, in your face type of way who he truly is, Lord of all creation. The disciples' fear doesn't cease to exist with the calming of the wind and sea, but their fear is transformed from the crippling panic of anxiety and fear that assumes the worst possible outcome into this holy witness of the wondrous, unimaginable presence and power of Jesus surrounding them. And based on the disciples' amazement of what Jesus did, they seem to wonder what kind of Jesus he really is, what kind of a man he is, that they begin to question if they ever really knew who he truly was. So perhaps this is an imitation for us to bring our fears and anxieties and concerns to God as best we can, even in a panicky fear like the disciples and watch as they're transformed and we become amazed over and over again at our God who never ever ceases to surprise us. Because we trust God will not abandon us. God will come stilling the wind and sea, calming our fear-ridden hearts, telling us again that we are God's own beloved children from the deepest depths to the highest heights. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you, and God bless.